Hello, 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 and welcome to episode three of Word Spoken. Thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, I may say this every week, but I'm so excited to get this next poet on. Um, when I started this project, I knew at some point she was going to come on, so I'm really grateful for her for coming down to support Word Spoken. Um, if you haven't already, please give us a follow at Word Spoken Podcast on Instagram and head to YouTube to see one of the poems you're about to hear in beautiful video format. Hit subscribe, like, all that bloody blah, blah, good stuff. Um, so as you might be able to tell from the title, Moons, Pigs and Katy Perry, in this episode, we're going to touch upon a number of different subjects. Uh, they're super funny. Her writing's really, really creative. Um, it's a dreary Sunday. It's raining outside. The flat above have decided to not only put on their dishwasher, but also play some loud music. So essentially, perfect time for a podcast. If you want to give Maddie a follow, head to Maddie Haynes 6. That's her full name with the number six at the end. As you're about to hear, her work is a fantastic combination of delicate tones along with punchy, unapologetic subject matter. Um, the first piece she's about to perform is no exception to that rule. Um, and it's called Luna. Here are the questions you might have asked if you'd caught me masturbating over the moon. What are you doing? No, really. What the fuck are you doing? The moon. Porn, I'd understand. I understand porn or even weird erotic fiction, but the moon. My love, it's not even... It doesn't even have... Are you picturing it with a face? Whose face has it got? Is it the brightness? It is bright tonight. Is it because there aren't any clouds? Is that why? Is it the lack of clouds that's doing it for you? The clearness? I can see the craters on it tonight. Is that it? Is it texture? Well, what if I brought you some? Yeah, I could do that. What if I brought you some? I could buy you some moon dust to carry around in your pocket. Would that be enough? I could put it in a box for you. I'd steal it from a museum for you. I'd do that for you. You could keep it in your pocket and carry it around and maybe that would be enough. Do you picture yourself there? Can you see the earth from up there? Have you got a telescope? Can you see individual people? Can you see me from up there? Can you see yourself? Have you seen yourself? Sorry. I can stop looking if you want. If you want to keep it just for you. Is that what you want? Do you know what you want? Do you know yet? Do you... Can I... Should... What? No. No, I don't mind about the curtains. No, that's okay. No. I can sleep with them open. Maddie, thank you so much for that. That was um, <laughs> that was fantastic. Like I, um, when you first sent me that piece, I read the title and was like, "What?" <laughs> um, but it is uh, really great. How are you doing? I just want to know. Uh, did you have a good Did you have a good morning this morning? I had a very good morning. Yeah. Yes. What like, did you do with your morning? Um, I was woken up by my friend's cat, which was 
irritating at first, but I think he was doing it with love. So, oh, yeah. Um, I suppose that's the main thing. Yeah. Um, and I caught the end of England not winning the World right. Cup. Yeah, so um. this is the thing. With the, to, <laughs> to break through the facade of podcasting, we're actually recording this oh, damn. slightly ahead of time. Um, but England have just lost <laughs> the Rugby World Cup. Do you, do, do you care? Not really. No, no. <laughs> um, I don't super care. Um, my boyfriend is Scottish. Oh, yeah. So it's more upsetting that he's going to be able to gloat. But um, Wait, but what's he going to gloat about? England, England not didn't winning. win. Yeah, oh. that's kind of their whole thing. It's like, it's sort of important that Scotland win, but more important that England don't. Don't. <laughs> um, so that's going to be fun. Yeah. Um, but it is a very gloomy day, isn't it? It is gloomy. I mean, the rain's point. We, we we do have our mug, mugs of tea, though. Cheers. Yes. Cheers. Cheers to that. Cheers, <laughs> Cheers to England not winning. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm just having a little sip there. Um, look, I want to... Can you, can you tell me a bit about that first piece? When 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 did you write it? I've got a lot of questions, <laughs> as you can might imagine. Yes. When do you, are you... Are you happy to chat about it? So happy. Okay, great. I love that. Can you tell me a bit about it? When like, did you write it? <laughs> um, I wrote it in a... Um, I was doing this development course, which was super, super cool. Um, and we were doing all of these like flash writing exercises mm. and... I can't remember what the exercise exactly was that we were doing, but um, we were just given like a couple minutes to just write, 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 write and write the first thing that came to you. And um, I really like to write about nature and natural things and animals and, and and lovely things like that. And I was thinking about the moon and and that's kind of where it came about. Um yeah, <laughs> that's it. You just stopped there, did you? You were thinking about the moon yes. in this writing exercise mm. and this came out. It's, I mean, it's so funny. Honestly when, I, honestly, when I read the title, I was like, I've never, I've never seen a title like that from a poem. It's wicked. <laughs> it's funny. But I feel like you have that with your style. You've got a very unique way of writing, a very unique way of performing and like just come up with these mad concepts. It's really cool. <laughs> I think that's just the way my brain works. I like I like to link especially um I end up writing a lot about sex and mm. sexuality and um I really like to link it up with things that don't necessarily have an immediate sexual connotation. Yeah. Cuz that's that's kind of how it works for me. It's not like I'm not going to write a poem about babes in bikinis because everyone knows about babes in bikinis, but um, the moon's pretty fit. So <laughs> you heard it here first. The moon's pretty fit, is it? Okay. Can 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 you tell me what it is about? Is it the? Is it? Do you do you, do you think like Wallace and Gromit that it's made of cheese? Because if it is, that's it makes it a little bit more sexy for me. I, I think. think that's less sexy. I don't really? know. Well, I think once things got kind of hot and steamy, your cheese would start melting. That is a good point. It's gonna get everywhere. It would. It would get. I mean, if the whole planet's made of it, it is everywhere. People say that fondue with cheese is supposed to be sexy, but I don't really get that. I That's a good point. I don't find much sexy about cheese. Why does it have that? Why does it have that? Why does it have that illusion? <laughs> this has descended so quickly. So quickly. We're like, what? Four minutes in and we're talking about the sexiness of fondue cheese. Do you know what? That's why I wanted to get you on because I knew that this was going to happen. <laughs> I knew it. Um, which is fantastic. Um, so <laughs> I think because we, 
we have we have to say here really so i i met you a couple of years ago mm-hmm. i think what it was when we were both uh runners weren't we yes. we were professional runners mm. on a on uh film sets that's what professional we were used very loosely <laughs> very loosely <laughs> but we if you needed a table movie <laughs> like we were the people to call oh yeah do you know what i mean or or, or a chair we could oh. do either Either and both sometimes yeah, simultaneously. Sometimes both, sometimes chairs on tables. I mean, <laughs> wow. We knew what to do. Um, what what I want to know is, uh, obviously we've stayed in touch since, but tell me, because <laughs> you don't currently work there, do you? No. So what, what have you been doing since? Um, I went off and worked kind of freelance in the film industry for a little bit, mm. um, which was a learning curve for yeah. me, for sure. Um Mm. what do you mean by your learning curve what, what did you learn i uh, learned that i didn't really want to do it <laughs> which i think is an important thing to learn yeah um yeah uh, it's an amazing industry and um the people are so dedicated and you meet a lot of really cool people but uh it was like it was kind of stifling my creativity in the end right. um i was super busy making other people's things well, I, that makes it sound like I was directing feature films. Uh, That's not what was happening. We can pretend you were. We can pretend. Directors need their, need their tables moved as well. They do. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it was... Mm. What, so so, so you, you basically felt... Because it's, it's a time-consuming job. That oh, is, yeah, for sure. So, so, so you, you essentially felt that you were spending all this time working on these amazing projects, but like in terms of your own creative outlet, it, yeah. wasn't, it wasn't itching that scratch. No, it, it definitely was not itching the scratch. <laughs> to, for want of a better phrase, because <laughs> considering we're talking about masturbating to the moon. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was not. And... Um, I, I I didn't feel close enough to any of the creativity to be learning from it, mm. which is what I thought was what would happen. Mm. I was learning how to uh, fix printers really well. Um, <laughs> really? Were you oh, good at yeah. that? So good at it yeah. by the end because um, I was so good at breaking them. Yeah. But uh, So if you have a problem with your printer, please call Maddie. Yeah, on, I'll um, leave my number at the end. Well, yeah, we'll leave it at the end. It'd be weird to give out your number. So you were good at fixing printers. <laughs> yeah. We're talking changing ink. We're talking paper jams. What, oh, what else are we talking? Um, anything. I can talk to you at length about the different kinds of paper you need for different kinds of printers. <laughs> it's pretty hot. It's yeah. weird with the film industry from that point of view because it it, it um almost to anyone and everyone that uh, isn't currently working in it or ever has worked in it it has a different image to the reality of start of starting out i think that's why i stayed in it for as long as i did because it when people asked me what i did and so i worked on fast and furious for a long time and i could say oh that's what i do and people like oh that's cool i'm like (laughs) it's not but let's pretend it is (laughs) (laughs) yeah it carries like a a a cool factor to it it does it's really got this everyone whenever you say that it's like wow that's amazing and then Mm. the reality couldn't really sometimes not always not always (laughs) i don't want to like dampen anyone yeah no there were definitely cool bits but that wasn't my day to day but it is yeah it's tough isn't it yeah 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 and if it's if it's not the ladder you want to climb it's yeah it can be a bit Mm. brutal yeah um okay so now i want to quickly ask you about uh spoken word seeing that this is word Ah, so how long have you been doing it um 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 maybe like four years mm. yeah cool 
And when was the first time that you did it? What were you were you were you nervous about it? Did it I go was well? Super nervous. Which one did you do? Um, I feel like this 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 is a question that I tend to ask everyone, just because I feel like some people listening might be thinking about getting into the scene, and. Um, I think it's just great seeing people that have come so far and kind of actually realizing that actually everyone's first time is totally the same. Yeah. <laughs> Much like masturbating to the moon. Indeed. Mm. Yeah. Um, so tell us about your first time. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> um, it was, I was doing a year abroad as part of my uh, university degree mm. and I was in America, in North Carolina. And the poetry scene kind of in the collegiate US mm. was just crazy like yeah amazing um and i'd never i'd been to a lot of stuff in edinburgh um but never done it myself and i'd always really wanted to try it and then i'm I'm here and i'm like if i'm ever going to do this it's probably gonna be now so i tried out for one of their like spoken word teams um and got into that and uh the first thing i think i wrote with them was a it was a classic, like, sad breakup poem. Mm-hmm. Um, I say that like it, it's a silly thing, but it's a really useful thing sometimes to, to help you process sad stuff. Um, but yeah, it was that. And and from that, I kind of started doing slams and just loved that, like, the atmosphere of those things and, and the support of everyone um, was super into. Got to go to Cupsy in in texas which is like the big collegiate slam and that was just the most intense thing how, how, how like many people are there is it, is it like because my impression is that like i have an image of it being like a massive room it's big huge it's huge 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 um yeah. there were like 50 colleges maybe with teams <laughs> and it's like oh, they do not fuck around. am i allowed to swear yeah you can swear <laughs> okay. you can swear <laughs> Not fuck it. We talk. Wait a minute. You talk about masturbating to the moon. If this is not a PC show, <laughs> um, yeah, they don't fuck around. Yeah. Like seriously, I saw some. I mean, and it's, especially if you bring a poem that um, that people deem, you know, not uh, not PC, I guess, or just mm-hmm. just not like not cool. Um, they will say they don't mince their words out there. Like really? they will boo. They will hiss. People would stand up and turn their backs on poets. Um, Are you joking? No, it was a lot. It was a lot. That is, I've never yeah. heard of that. Wait a minute, what, what, what like sort of thing would would get that? Um, oh god, I haven't heard of because no, but well, I mean you can say, it, but the, my experience of the scene in London is, um, I, I've never heard a, I've never heard a poem which I've been like objected to. <laughs> like most, you- there's kind of a bit of a narrow, not a narrow. That's not fair to say, but people don't get up and say controversial things. Well, do they? I definitely saw some of it. It, it, was, it was mostly like people who would write a poem about something that was really not an experience they'd ever had or or really. Give an example. Um, <laughs> like Like if I were not queer and I wrote a poem about how hard it is to be queer people would be like why did you write this what was Mm. kind of like using somebody else's struggle to make yourself seem interesting i don't know it's 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 a weird one um because i definitely think there's ways to to write about stuff that you haven't experienced that's helpful but 
Yeah, they're just a mm. bit more savage out there, are they, maybe? Really, yeah. There oh. were, like, very hard lines about what you could write about and what you couldn't. And I I disagree with that, but... Um, Would you say that that's an, a, quite a con, like a like a contrast to here? Because I, I haven't really come across... I don't know. I mean, obviously, there's certain subjects which people don't bring up, but... Yeah, I mean... Maybe that's an unwritten think, rule rather than an active part of the scene. Yeah, I think more here, like, any kind of controversial stuff is just that people have controversial opinions. And I don't... I don't have any problem with people um, performing those poems, but mm. then I also don't have any problem with people being like, I'm not a fan of this, you know? <laughs> like, if, you, if you're going to bring it, then you should be expect people to respond however they're going to respond. But um, no, out there they will shut it down, which wow. is interesting. Mm. Um, and I was, I remember at the time being very like, oh my God, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Gnarly. Cool. Okay, so um, <laughs> let's have a quick chat briefly about your second piece that you're going to do so this is the mm-hmm. first piece you ever showed me uh i remember we were sat in that like room in the studios having a meal deal or something <laughs> delicious yeah uh and i'd never really heard of i, I didn't i didn't really know what spoken i kind of did but you were basically the first kind of person that showed me their work and we got speaking about it and i was so excited about it and it was all about this piece i think you sent it to me <laughs> over whatsapp or something um and uh, so it's called a letter. Let me get this right. A letter to the pig whose heart my oh say it. Go on. What is it? <laughs> it's a, a letter to the pig whose heart valve was transplanted from my uncle's. Okay, on, I was Henry. really close. <laughs> okay, um, which is a an, another fantastic title. Do you want to set the scene in a little bit, or do you want to just delve straight in completely I can, up I can to set you? The scene. Um, okay. The only prior knowledge, well, you don't really need this prior knowledge, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. Um, my my uncle um, fell really ill with, I think it was pneumonia, and um, he basically ended up getting part of his heart valve transplanted for mm. a pig's heart valve, which is, a, um, I think, a more common thing now, but at the time it was still quite early when they were doing that. Oh, like, was this a while ago then? When was it? Yeah, uh, we're talking maybe like 15 years ago. Yeah, it was a while ago. Um, and... Uh, I'm a veggie, I guess, and and wait a minute, you guess you're a veggie? No, I, I, am. <laughs> I, am. I think um, I'm a veggie, <laughs> and like I'm, I'm kind of into animal rights and all that good stuff. Um, mm. and it's like a weird grey area to me on uh using animals for for that kind of thing because it makes you feel like a hypocrite, um, a little bit because it's like, well, I. I wouldn't want him to not have had that. But yeah, it's a weird one. And it, I find it a really interesting kind of gray area to talk about with people and see what their feelings are on it. Because mm. um, yeah, it's it's weird to have that hierarchy of species. But then when it gets to a personal level, I've, most people are like, oh, well, I'm not going to let my family member die. Of course, yeah. So, so there's like a weird, there's like a bit of a like clash there. But I guess, you know. But I find that super interesting because like that's what, that's what makes people people isn't it it's just weird hypocrisies like that yeah um great okay cool well i think then on that note we're gonna have your second piece and oh can you say the title again i know i do, no uh this <laughs> it's not it's not oh. a catchy one <laughs> it's just I need to write some catchier titles. so uh this next piece is uh maddie's poem and it is called a letter to the pig whose heart valve was transplanted for my uncles to whom it may concern It feels weird to be writing so formally after the 10 Christmases we've spent and the birthday presents you've sent me. But it seemed like poetry was the only language that we might both speak. So I could say thank you in both human and pig. 
I'm just... I'm sorry that it took me this long. My family aren't big talkers. We've got a tendency to keep our hearts to ourselves until they get so big that they collapse and we need new ones. And I'm sorry that we took yours without asking. Dear Pig, I read somewhere that it's not uncommon for sows to eat their own young on pig farms. And maybe that's the only way they know to keep them safe? To take them back inside and hope that next time might be better. And though I'd never eat you, I'd tear you apart myself to stop my mother from crying. I don't know what they did with the rest of you. If you're now a series of miracle pig uncles, a whole race of sphinx-like pig woman angels, I hope so. And while it would be naive to say you were born again, your body turned into ten more years of family. And I think I'd like to die like that. Dear pig, sometimes there's a hole in my chest too. Do you think we feel the same? Dear pig, if you'd sat by my uncle on a quiet afternoon, you'd have heard the soft whirring of his mechano insides. That farmyard sci-fi tick, tick, tick. Mum joked he was a cyborg, but he was evolution. Closer than the rest of us to 100% you. 100% prime, lean, peacefulness. And I know it's a beat that you never got to hear, but my uncle sounded like you, pig. And I wanted you to know that. When my uncle's poor sign song stopped ticking, my cousins made his ashes into jewellery and they wore them so that he could be everywhere they were. Pig and man. Inseparable now. Indistinguishable. And so loved. Maddie, thank you so much for that. Oh, honestly. This, um, this is something I said last week to Aisha. But uh, you do have a really lovely way of presenting your voice and your work. It's really, you've got, it's kind of like quite quaint and it's quite like soft, but then the subject matter kind of doesn't really match that, which I think is really cool. <laughs> it's really cool. Yeah, that's the thing. I think it's something that as I keep going, I'm trying to not get rid of, but but harness. Because I think um, that's, just been the way I present myself a lot of the time that kind of soft gentle thing which is super fine and cool mm. but um I think it's a crux for me a lot of the time really I, what, yeah. in like what in like what sense would you say um I think when I'm presenting things I really care about or things that I think about a lot I I like to make them seem gentle so that people get on board because I have this real thing of needing to be liked we all, we all love that <laughs> yeah i don't think i'm the only person um but it's not that helpful when you're trying no. to trying to make stuff because you worry too much about um how it's gonna be received so okay so that perfectly lead, leads me on to my next question okay. is what is your writing process then do, so do, are you because lots of people i've spoken to do kind of say that they say they're big overthinkers yeah. when it comes to their poetry yeah and uh i i would probably put myself in that bracket as as well 
what well, I guess one kind of question is why do you think that is why are why is it so overthought mm. and then b i want to yeah then then i want to chat about your actual writing process but why why first of all do you think it's quite common for poets and writers to over like and when when i say over it means over right we're not just thinking about work it's oh, actually no. too much and yeah, it's actually yeah. a negative thing isn't it yeah why um, do you think that is someone someone told me this recently and it just stuck with me so much because i was like wow yes um I was super, super anxious about um, sharing some work and someone I was working with sat me down, like a really good friend of mine, and, and she was like, I mean this in the nicest way, Maddie, but nobody cares about this as much as you do. <laughs> Which sounds harsh, but like it's completely true. No one cares about it as much as you do. Um, but I think sometimes that can be the thing that holds you back because, and especially with, with stuff like um, poetry and spoken word when it's, it's the more sort of short form stuff, you especially if you're slamming you've got like what three minutes to to put across something that you've been working on and something you really care about and to a lot of the time that can be a bit restricting to try and boil stuff down into that form and that's really hard and yeah there's a lot of pressure there's a lot of pressure um especially now that everything is like recorded and yeah yeah it's put like and then put on a podcast and then and, a <laughs> yeah no it is there, there there is so like and and also another thing is um uh everyone that of the kind of nights that i've gone to everyone's putting on their instagram and stuff so that like the stuff goes out yeah often which, which which obviously i really like but i've uh i've seen a couple of poets kind of start off by saying do you mind if you don't film this one because this one's really personal yeah oh sure yeah with I the really personal that. stuff that's that's hard too because you're you're putting your, making yourself vulnerable on two different sides you're like this is my work but also like this is my life and that's they're two separate things and I think a lot of the time people who make art are kind of I don't know if they are expected to or if they feel they're expected to kind of share pieces of themselves in a way that most people don't to large crowds of strangers yeah, um, yeah. so that's a lot yeah there, there is certainly a common thread amongst poets of the ability to uh, open wounds in front of people. Yeah, and I, I really respect that, but I also, it makes me nervous the, the number of people that feel like they need to do it and it's not a choice they're making. I'm really, really into, at the minute, like semi-autobiographical stuff because mm. um, then you can share whatever you want and you make the rest of it up. I mean if you're a writer and you're not allowed to make things up, what's the point? What's the point? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I, I think a lot of people are like pressured almost into turning really difficult stuff into art, which mm. can be really healing, but if you're not ready to do it, it can be the opposite. True. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, that is true. The, uh, okay. So my next question is all about your play. So, <laughs> speaking uh, of, speaking <laughs> of, exactly. Speaking of, I want to talk, chat about this play because yes. uh, you had a three-night run mm. at the Clapham Fringe. Yes, a one-woman show, indeed, one-person show, mm. or two, depending on. That's a good point. So yeah, that's obviously uh, what we're going to get into. Um, and I went to come and see it, and I, you, oh, well, <laughs> we'll chat. We'll we'll chat about that in a bit. But um, it was it was great. It was honestly so good. Um, 
Tell us a bit about that play. What's it called? What was it about? Because I know, mm. but um, I can't wait for you to tell everyone. <laughs> it's called Grappling. Um, and it's the semi-true story of um, when I paid £400 for a used sex doll from a man off the internet. Yes. Mm. That that's that was the premise. Yes. When when you say semi true. Oh that's true. I did you, do that. Exactly. <laughs> you did go on the internet and you bought a sex doll off someone yes. called Dave? Oh no, his name's not really Dave. Ah. I, I promised I wouldn't use his real name. That's fair. So but we will call him Dave. Sure. Okay. Um so okay. Talk us <laughs> there's so many I, I, I actually don't know what to ask now because so, it was it, honestly you you executed this so well and you did it amazingly and there was it was funny but there's also so much meaning behind it and you really really did well what's the kind of like tagline of it because there was one kind of bit which you know in the kind of bio um it's i kind of picture it as like a show about women who are treated like things and things are treated like women yeah yeah um, which is that is such a great tagline to something like i honestly i so i've been telling people about this play and I, the moment i say that line they're like that's that sounds amazing i think it's because a lot of people immediately they're like oh i understand those things mm. Mm. <laughs> and the the object in question you mm. gave a name to yes so the, the fun of it is that she gets a different name on every night so um i'd know what night someone came to based off of they're like oh how's ada doing i'm like oh okay yes um she's very well thanks for asking i don't know <laughs> people got super involved in a way that i didn't really expect yeah um well i actually throw that one right back at you because at uh, midway through what? the play i got involved in a way i didn't quite expect <laughs> and you brought me up onto stage yes um tell tell everyone what happened in that in in that in interaction so uh, in in the process of the show um we're trying to turn this sex doll into a, a person and part of that is um involves some kind of hands-on stuff I, this makes it sound like i got you to have sex with the sex doll on stage oh my God. i'd like I, to stress that that's not that. what happened <laughs> i didn't even think about that <laughs> what? Oh my God. that's not that's not what happened that isn't what happened um you heard it here first <laughs> that is the official record oh my god no it's not no. <laughs> but um but yeah i i really like to pick uh usually a man out of the audience if i can mm. um to to come up and and uh be my extra pair of hands which yeah i can't phrase it in a way that doesn't sound uh, well it, it was kind of yoga wasn't it we were trying yeah. to make her breathe yeah yeah, yeah. we're doing yeah. Some, some breathing exercises um, so wh what what were the elements that uh were essential for her to turn into a real woman there were a couple of things weren't there? um yeah i i use kind of a three-step process mm. um, this makes you sound very unhinged but um it was all all above board um um so we give her an identity right uh she gets a name and and all sorts of um identifying features and she gets a family and then finally we're kind of trying to teach her how to breathe and be a person um it was very fun like trying to work out what the things were going to be like how do you actually make someone into a person i was like wow this is i don't know um so that was fun to figure out um, and we're still kind of developing the show as well, so it's it's still growing a lot. Is it? Okay. Mm. Yeah. Um, but it was fun. It was like that kind of thing, like just trying to make something a little bit different about something I care about a lot. Mm. Um, it was it was really really good because, as I said, it it was. 
at times obviously really funny but also it had a real like message behind it what 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 would you if you had to summarize the message behind it what is it um i don't know if it has a message so much as like i just wanted to ask some questions because i i don't really have any answers it'd be sick if i did but i don't i just wanted to raise the question of of who do we see as people and who do we really see as people because because i know there there are lots of folks out there who will be like yeah i'm super on board with gender equality and blah 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 um but their actions don't necessarily match up to that and so i wanted to kind of i don't know my my thing going into it was like if i could have one person who came away thinking oh maybe the way i behave particularly in sexual situations and particularly with femme people maybe i should change my behavior that was that was the goal yeah um, yeah i yeah. mean i i think you definitely like achieve that in the room because that there's a at the kind of start of the play you basically like wash and clean her right with a mm. with a cloth yeah um and then you there's this kind of bit when you then like wash yourself and i just it was really really powerful i was just like oh okay i get this <laughs> um and yeah honestly i just thought it was a really great play so it was, it was called it was called grappling and so it sounds like that we're going to be able to see it again maybe at a future date yeah i hope so um i hope so i'm now in the fun process of like emailing theater people and trying to convince them that they they need it and i'm Mm. like i have this sex doll um please make it less weird that i own it and let's keep doing stuff with it otherwise i am just a person that owns a sex doll now which um i suppose you were part of the problem you were trying to i'm uh (laughs) I'm part of the community, yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be back on the forums. Yeah. <laughs> oh, honestly, if anyone listening get, gets a chance to go and see this play, I seriously urge you to do so. So I really hope you the best of luck with trying to get it into some other theatres. Yeah. And uh, yeah. If not, if anybody needs a sex store for a, for a discount price, also hit me up. Um, <laughs> you need to get that money back. Oh, yeah. £400. I don't know the going rate for sex store, but that's a lot. Oh, no, no, no. That's very cheap oh they're actually like 1800 pounds and upwards oh you got why i had to buy used Used. we just don't talk about that part yeah it's not important okay let's speak then because we're because we've got onto the topic of used sex dolls indeed i feel like we should move this conversation on um and talk about your third and final piece yes so um the title of this piece is uh, you kissed a girl. You kissed a girl. That's it. Um, and I imagine you wrote that. Well, actually, when when did you write this? Because this was was this in res- was this in response to the song that I think it is. It was in response to the song I, I think it is. Um, because by- there was recently a kind of news thing about that. I, was it like a year ago or something? Mm, it does pop up. Mm. Um, so so the song is the song is uh, I kissed a girl by Katy Perry. Mm-hmm. So when did you write this? unfortunately not when it first came out um, oh yeah yeah i had not formulated these uh yeah. these thoughts yet but uh i wrote it i don't know a few years ago now um again born out of hypocrisy i suppose because it's an absolute banger but i got some issues with it <laughs> the song annoyingly it's a bloody catchy oh, tune oh it's isn't good it? <laughs> um, yeah i mean because it it's it's like a real poster song now i think for uh 
for well almost for how things have evolved in such a short space of time yes yes that's a very nice way of looking at it yeah because because um the kind of press and stuff that i was reading about it was like someone wouldn't release that anymore no i don't think so um no i hope not and it i I certainly don't think it would go unquestioned like it did that's maybe that's it yeah um because it was a number one it was it was number one for ages wasn't it it was like her first big hit it was yeah that was kind of how she was introduced into the scene um from the christian rock scene or christian mm, music and then that's her i mean pretty mad transition um but yeah that i i think the thing with that is is nowadays people would kind of question it and like um you wouldn't be able to have a song go so popular without someone raising that like and that, that conversation sure. was not had as to okay no, what is or, this song or, about or, or if it was it wasn't like allowed to be the mainstream chat that mm. was happening um because yeah it was just it was just classic like fetishization of of all that stuff um yeah which is and we all took it in and i took it in i mean how old were we when that song came out maybe oh, like God. 11 or something yeah, younger young. um because i was like i remember seeing that video and having some at the time confusing feelings <laughs> and it's not that helpful when you're that age and you're like still working out well at any age working out what your sexuality is and then this like pop queen pitching a whole kind of sexuality as like a, a phase or a, a way to get guys um, mm. yeah because yeah it's not a useful contribution no. tbh <laughs> as much of a banger as the song is annoyingly so oh yeah. god okay cool okay so let's get on to your third piece then this is maddie haynes with i kissed a girl wait is it called that Oh you kissed a girl you kissed a girl do you know what in the very first <laughs> episode i've obviously like listened to it back I forget what the name of the poem is with A's every single time. <laughs> I, and in the second one, I wrote them down and I forgot to write them down. I can see my piece of paper right over there. And I'm thinking I should have written it's these It's kind down. of good. It's like in Starbucks when they write down the wrong name and it just kind of yeah. reinforces what your name really is. <laughs> it's good. It's, good. it's getting the message across. Okay, so let's try that again. This is Maddie Haynes with You Kissed a Girl. Hi, Katie. Remember me? Um, we kissed that one time and I know it was a while ago, but I've still got questions. It's just human nature and writing you a poem doesn't mean I'm in love. It just means I'm pissed off. You see, I'm confused. Just not in the way you've told them I am. You say it didn't mean anything, but for something so meaningless, you sure do love to sing about it. And when you said you wanted to try me on, I didn't think you actually meant take me out of the closet for a night and then shove me back in. You were curious for me, but not enough to ask my name. And calling my kiss an experimental game doesn't make you sexy. It makes you a cruel scientist with a scalpel on your lips and me a rat on which to test your theories to poison with your products as long as they can make you pretty as long as girly sex still sells and my kiss is still your currency but you're right ain't no big deal like it wasn't when I told a friend what I am and he replies oh that's hot 
and suddenly I could taste the cherry on my lips. Acidic, expired cliché. And I hear your song in my ear, alarm clock piercing through gentle dream. Your pastel pink pretense dances for him like a mirage. Your lacy pillow fights playing out before his eyes. And I could tell he'd be the kind of boyfriend who wouldn't mind. As long as he could watch. As long as it's for him. And isn't it always Katie? Maddie, thank you so much for that. That's um, a really cool piece. Like, I really, really like it. Um, what I guess, what I guess, want to ask you about that then is how do you think? So, as, as we kind of briefly said before the poem, there, mm. um, we feel like that song kind of wouldn't go out unchecked anymore. How do you think we, as a society, big? big start to question but how do you think we've changed since that song came out and how do you think we haven't i think a huge thing is that it's we're not there yet but it's getting more normal to see uh queer relationships in media that we consume without being like you know without having to be um katie berry with her euphemistic kittens <laughs> yeah um like i uh, i kind of au pair for this family and the the 12 year old i look after is super into riverdale don't know if you've ever seen that show i haven't it's it's a hot mess but um i love watching it with her because it means i have an excuse to watch it and pretend like i'm better than that um but they've got uh two of their like key um characters are a lesbian couple and from the few episodes i've seen it's not a storyline in itself maybe it is earlier on but they're just a couple and sometimes they'll make out and okay the sequences when they do that are a little bit too long but but we're getting there like it's kids are growing up seeing that stuff and it being nothing of it yeah Mm. yeah which i don't think was happening even when we were that age and it's not been that long that is true. Yeah, that that has that has definitely changed because I yeah I guess it was always whenever I remember in Hollyoaks had the first gay mm. couple on like primetime TV and obviously it was a news story rather yeah. than no one's there's not a news story about Riverdale and this lesbian couple are there so yeah. so so I guess that's yeah that's that's definitely something that has changed. What do you think hasn't changed then? What in in like this kind of space? Do you, you know what's left? Um, Obviously, there was. I mean, I, th- I think it kind of trickles down, doesn't it? You need people to be used to seeing it before it stops shocking them, which is boring because you know <laughs> it's boring. Um, but I still think it's going to take a while for for everyone to be on board with. Um, any identity pretty much that isn't isn't um the kind of straight family man thing yeah um yeah i i like think in a way it's it's you know in 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 terms of the chunk of people in the population which genuinely accepted as a standard in our culture is definitely got wider but i feel like there's no doubt that the kind of minority of people that are still very much underrepresented undervalued that you know they're essentially going through what um uh gay people were going through you know 
back in the back in the nineties and the noughties kind of thing. I, I think it's just the kind of issue is is slowly getting smaller, but it's still just as intense for a smaller minority of people. Yeah, for sure. I think it's still like I think the people it's got a lot better for are the people who still you know, like like Miley Cyrus can come out and be openly bi and and that's super cool that she can do that. Um but she's still like a white, affluent, very conventionally attractive young woman. Um so it's I think it's a lot easier for people to accept that. Yeah. Whereas, you know, people who are veering from that in any way. I don't know that a lot has changed. I mean, this is coming from me, <laughs> who's no, like also. Um, no, I mean, I, I think you're right. I think it is. It is. There's. I guess there's almost kind of like a certain in in a way. There's a bit of a double edged sword, right? To having representations of queer people in media, yeah. because if those representations anyway deviate from the wealth of diversity that exists amongst the queer community then it can sometimes in some cases almost serve as a as a negative outcome for sure yeah and it's i mean it's not like the the couple on riverdale are like fat butch lesbians like that's (laughs) not that's not what we're seeing yeah um yeah until we're there i'm i'm still gonna be rolling my eyes a little bit but Mm. um but i think we're heading in the right direction for Mm. sure Cool. Well, that is a good note. Um, okay, so I have one <laughs> final question. Uh, what is coming up for you next? So we briefly spoke about your play. You're going to try to get that into theatres. Mm. Maybe perhaps more in the kind of spoken word scene. What do you want to do next? What's what's on the her- what's on the horizon for you? Um, so my uh, moon based piece. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I'm kind of developing that into something a little bit. Uh, longer um which has been really fun um i got to do a tiny little like scratch of it a few weeks ago which was a lot of fun but i i find that i'm really really liking doing slightly longer stuff and stuff where i can mix in um kind of movement and and dance and like clowning and kind of the things that i wasn't getting to do um with slam Mm. so I, that's what I'm super interested in now. It's like finding a space where the the poetry can can move about a bit more. Um, I don't know if I'm just saying that because I'm really not not doing any slam. No, 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 no. That's fine. No, I, that um, that that sounds really cool. That often people's answer to that question when I ask them that is the combination of poetry with other forms of mm-hmm. art. Um, so uh, that yeah, I mean that makes total sense, and I think it's really cool. I, and I think it's really cool because it elevates it in a way which you know which you don't get from a poetry night. You know, yeah. and it kind of brings something new uh and cool and it's your own creative outlet so okay so i guess that it brings us to a conclusion thank you so much for coming on to the show um it was really lovely to have this chat with you like we have i mean the list of things we've touched upon mm. is wicked yeah. it's like th- this is the thing with this podcast i may have said this but not no two episodes are going to be the same and um that uh this this episode is proof of that um so yeah thank you very much for coming and sharing your work uh, we really look forward to seeing where your sex doll play will go. <laughs> so look out for grappling uh, in theatres uh, in the coming months. Um, and yeah, thank you very much for listening. Um, and thank you very much to Maddie.